Good evening. Good morning. Hello. Welcome once more to the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program, or WHBP, as uh, our hipster audience likes to refer to it amongst themselves. It's on Urban Dictionary. It is on Urban Urban Dictionary. That would be amazing, actually. Uh, This is a podcast about bicycles and bicycle racing for bicycle lovers and bicycle racers and uh i don't know and you and bicycle thinkers bicycle thinkers Ooh, yes we're getting intellectual now well i feel like we've always been a show for the the thinking cyclist oh there's our slogan <laughs> the podcast for the thinking cyclist for the thinking cyclist i like that yeah <laughs> it's gonna be followed by a bunch of dumb jokes and making fun of <laughs> barriers and cyclocross i don't know <laughs> we're, that works we're the highbrow option uh <laughs> with our radio station call letter name uh, where are you our working man's honest boorishness con- podcast where, where am i i'm in boston are you greg yes i'm oh i'm sorry have i not introduced us I'm not sure. I've had a little bit of bourbon. Ah, listeners know who we are. No, that's a good... But in case they yeah, don't... true. In case they don't, I'm Greg. He's Matteo. I'm, I'm Matty. I'm the other one. That's right. And and we're going to talk about some stuff. Uh, we, we have actually... We do have things. We have a, li- we have a list of topics. It is... I'm, I'm actually... Uh, let's... Paging through it now. Let's see. Uh, paragraph 12, subsection C. Uh, oh, okay. I'm, I'm looking at... Um, it says V-O-G-P. Yeah, is that pronounced Vogt? Um, I think it's pronounced Vermont Overland Grand Prix. Grand, 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 Grand Prix? Grand, Grand Prix? Grand Prix? Grand Prix. Grand Prix. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, the Vermont Overland Grand Prix, which is an example of a... That's what we're going to call it from now on. So, everyone, I hope you're ready. Uh, an, an example of this growing trend of sort of gravel and adventure races and uh, sort of the related industry trend of bicycles that are uh, putatively designed for such events or such surfaces. So in that regard, tell me about, tell me about what, what the course is looking like on paper before you get there. And what kind of bike you're choosing to bring? Okay, yeah. So, so all right. To be clear, this is a thing I did. <laughs> it happened in uh, mid-August, something like that. A couple weeks ago. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. At this point, August twenty-somethings. Uh, and this is a what they call it an overland bike race. It's in Vermont. It's almost entirely on dirt roads. And yeah, let me let me tell you about what the course was like. So this is um, course is essentially in the green mountains it's it's up near um it's not too far away from white river junction which is where interstate 91 and interstate 89 intersect uh if it helps it's also not super far from hanover new hampshire but it's in vermont uh and not super close either so this is in the mountains and it's essentially out of the 53 mile length of the race something like 50 or 49 miles are on uh dirt roads and there are 5,900 feet of climbing 
as it's a bundle. It's a bundle. Well, I, I as a general rule, I think ten thousand feet. Sorry, not ten thousand feet. One thousand feet of climbing for ten miles could be considered a lot. And mm-hmm. this has more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and it's dirt. So uh, a lot of people ride in, in. In addition to these sort of quote unquote normal dirt roads, gravel roads. Um, maybe it's just a regional affectation. I tend to think of them as dirt roads because uh, ro- the 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 unpaved roads around here tend to be relatively packed clay compared to how they are in other places. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, dirt roads. But there are sections that are on what are in Vermont known as Class Four roads, um, which is to say they are not really maintained and not really roads. <laughs> <laughs> these, these are essentially ATV trails, really, mm-hmm. or or the kind of trail that you know you would take your like kitted out off road jeep down. So pretty pretty serious stuff, really. Um, not not sort of civilized traffic roads. So I decided, as do many people, that I was going to ride a cyclocross bike, and I had just. I had just outfitted my cyclocross bike with some new kit. Actually, it's not new. It came from my road bike. I, I decided that I was going to go 11-speed on the road bike. That's another story for another time. Um, and I transferred the old 10-speed SRAM stuff over. So instead of 10-speed uh, Shimano, it was 10-speed SRAM because my Shimano stuff was like blown out. Not because there's anything wrong with Shimano, but because I treated it badly. And the reason I, the reason I, mentioned, the reason I mentioned just transferring these things over is because um, I run so my crank set on this bike is a road crank set, 130 BCD, which means the smallest ring it can take on uh, on the inner ring is a 38. Uh, this is important because uh, well the reason I do this is is because I ride 165 millimeter cranks and finding cyclocross specific cranks below 170 is really hard, um, and I really care about details like that. So okay, that, that's just setting up. I, the other detail is that in order to compensate, I, I ran for cyclocross a 12 to 30 tooth cassette. It's a pretty big tooth. Pretty big tooth. The 31. Yeah, the 31, right. Not a big deal, uh, you know, because the nice thing is that a Shimano road derailleur, although it is rated to a 28 tooth maximum cog, will handle a 30 with no problem. You tell me you can squeeze those extra two teeth in there? You can squeeze those extra two teeth in there and it won't even flinch. Nice. Um, so I plan to do the same thing with my SRAM setup. Um, the SRAM listed limits on cog size are accurate, <laughs> as it turns out. So you cannot you cannot run a thirty tooth cog with a short cage SRAM rival derailleur. Cannot be done. So that's a shame. Not possible. Yeah, it was a so, shame. So 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 what'd you do? Well, I I investigated a couple of options. Uh, I didn't really have a whole lot of time. I, I had to either order in a new cassette or exchange it, and the, the cassette I was trying to—it's uh, too long a story to get into. The, the fact is that I was pretty much down to either either just buying a brand new cassette, uh, which I didn't want to do because for we this month this month has been very expensive for me. The month of August for me was very terrible in terms of incurring bicycle expenses, and I was running short on cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ran a twelve twenty five cassette and figured it would come. <laughs> I thought, well, on some of the class four roads, I might have to walk some sections, but otherwise, like, yeah, I'll be grinding a little bit, but. Eh. 
Yeah, you're. I, I hear you inhaling through clenched teeth there. So how'd that go for you? Ah, it was it was a spectacularly bad decision. It was it was truly truly one of the worst technical decisions I've ever made uh, in my time riding bikes. It, it was it it was a disaster. It was bad, is what I'm saying. When and when did you realize that? Uh, I realized that probably half a mile into the first dirt road <laughs> that we were riding on. Half a mile into the first dirt climb, which was also the first dirt sector period, which is the race is almost entirely dirt sectors with a little bit of linking pavement. Yeah, this is very it was soon. Very very soon. The the race the, they they dropped the flag so to speak, and you know I'm way back amongst the riffraff and trying to get up to the front, and and they are hammering up there, and everyone's hammering as hard as they can go, and and I'm thinking I'm thinking oh this is this is kind of steep. I'm, I need to downshift. Oh, I need to downshift a little more, and and just like it's pitching up, it's like I oh I've got no I I can't downshift anymore. Like this is this is not good. Like I am I am tapped out, and and this is gonna get worse, isn't it? It it got worse. There aren't there aren't a whole lot of like worse feelings than like slapping at your shifter looking for a bailout yeah. here. And finding out that you are already in your bailout yeah. gear, and this is how it feels. Yeah, <laughs> I, re- I I realized very early that uh, I was going to be sad <laughs> for most of the day, and and indeed, indeed I was. I I, I will say it's a it's actually it's a phenomenal event, Vermont Overland Grand Prix. Uh, it was awesome, and I will absolutely do it again next year. Um, I sucked. I was terrible. Like it wasn't just like the gears did not help, uh, but I also I also had that same the sensations. I had sort of those two sinking feelings in my stomach because the first one was oh oh I have no more gears to go to, <laughs> and and this is this is not the steepest part of the road that I can see. <laughs> 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 like this is steeper than it looks. Because uh, we were sort of in the woods, and it makes it harder to tell. the The other sensation was, oh, oh, my legs are heavy. My my legs do not feel fresh. And you have another forty eight miles yeah. to go. Which which doesn't sound like a lot, um, but but listeners, let me tell you, uh, it was a lot. It's a long. It's way. a lot when you're going like eight miles. Uh, an yeah, hour over over surfaces that range from uh, questionable to unrideable essentially it, it was it was pretty crazy yeah it, uh, man it, it really was like we get into the first hour of the race and you look down and, you know you're passing the hour mark and you've done 12 miles <laughs> and that's when you realize oh <laughs> shit is real oh i see what i got myself yeah. into. yeah that that's the kind of race it was uh so <laughs> That, that sort of set the tone, really. I, I was riding pretty well for a little while. Um, I sort of figured, as, as is often the case, because I don't have a whole lot of bass in my legs right now for reasons discussed in the previous episode. I've, I've just had lots of difficulty getting time to consistently really get out there and, and do enough hours. So it was it was like, oh, I am on borrowed time here. Plus, plus of course, I, I just don't have the gears I need to save my, my legs. You know, because the problem is that after a while of grinding your your lower back and your your leg muscles just kind of die 
uh, you know, there's a, there's a fiber recruitment problem is what I'm saying. You know yeah. What I mean? Oh, so yeah, we, we get it's like we're we're eight nine miles in, and I'm just like my back is on fire, and this is gonna be a long day. So you know, I was I don't know, I was riding with not the leaders by any means, but I was riding in the group that had like Crystal Anthony and some other you know reasonably impressive people in it. That's baller. Yeah, it was yeah. baller. Well, you know, until until I ultimately did get dropped from that group. Well, you know. Yeah, but uh, hey, you know, it was cool. It, it was really cool. It had a bunch of these sections that were um, the class four roads, which actually were pretty rideable. And especially if I'd had low enough gears, I would have been able to ride more of them. <laughs> but I just didn't have. I just I just couldn't winch myself up some of these slopes, and and they were wild. It, it was like over rocks and down kind of these little rocky drop-offs and uh lots of tire tracks or like really like these loose really huge like calling it gravel isn't really right it's more of like a rock slide <laughs> just <laughs> just there yeah um there was one near the end that had like this gigantic mud puddle with it turned out a drainage pipe running through it so i almost i almost endoed because my wheel sank into the mud and and hit this pipe and i i just nearly went over the bars um it has the Killington Mountain Stage Race uh, KOM climb in it, which really goes on forever when you're on a cyclocross bike. <laughs> I have to say, uh, it's just and it's just a, a really fantastic uh, display of I don't know the natural beauty of Vermont. Oh, it also has with the climbing there there are also descents. How do you? What are your thoughts on descending on pavement, Matteo? It's fun. Yeah. I like to go fast. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm What are you what, what are your thoughts about the sending on gravel? Um it's really scary. <laughs> I mean I, I will say and we'll get to this when we talk a little bit more about kind of um this sort of style of race in general and the whole trend. But I, I've actually been kind of dicking around on, on gravel roads for a long time. Uh, not so much recently because there aren't as many of them in the Boston area, but when I was out in Western Massachusetts, there are tons of them, and you know I would blast down them on twenty-three millimeter tires, and that was fine. Um, but those roads were kind of uh, amazingly well maintained and in good shape compared to some of these ones, or, or at least less. Loose. And, and and sometimes you say gravel roads, and what you really mean is like hard packed dirt that can sometimes be as smooth as good. Yeah, asphalt. yeah. And here, it's not like these road conditions were necessarily super terrible, but they were, over, on average, probably a little bit looser than the ones I was used to in Western Mass. And they were also, remember, on the side of a mountain most of the time. So the speeds you can attain are um, oh, butt-clenching. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, you go over the top of these things, and you're immediately going like 35 miles per hour. Like, that's not going particularly fast. We were regularly descending in the upper 30s uh, for a long time. And, and on top of that, part of what makes this troubling is so, so I mentioned that I, I got the gearing wrong and that my, my back and legs were, were kind of blown out early on. Well, when you're descending on loose stuff like that, the, the technique that you need on, you know, a, a, a bike that doesn't have suspension is you need to unweight. You need to get your butt like kind of hovering over the saddle a little bit and you have to and be stay loose. loose yeah doing that doing that becomes incredibly difficult to impossible when your legs and back are just so tired 
angry yeah, at you. Angry at you. It was. It was. It was. It was such hard work descending that I. I really had to be very selective about when I needed maximum control, uh, and, and otherwise just kind of hang on and, and hope for the best and and break more than I otherwise would have liked to. Because it was. It was just. It was just scary. To, to like having your having your butt planted in the saddle at thirty eight miles an hour with you know these loose gravel corners. Um, that's pretty frightening. Pretty frightening, <laughs> I gotta say. And and not having pre-ridden the course too, you come you come to a slight bend, and you know does this is this just a slight bend and it straightens out, or is it like a U-turn? And not and not knowing how hard you can corner is a pain, especially if you know on dirt roads you're already you're cornering conservatively, but you don't want to be as conservative as you like want to be. Right. Yeah, and I was on tire. I was definitely my tire choice. I had geared a little bit more just more towards speed. They weren't, mm-hmm. um, you know, they weren't slicks. They were uh, Michelin cyclocross jets because I have these tires lying around. They're sort of a, a more modern variation of a file tread, I guess I would say. Um, yeah, yeah, they're a file tread. Yeah, more or less. They've got some grip, um, but they're definitely not. You know, they don't have much in the way of like side knobs to really dig in. No, they do not. Uh, so they are definitely a little bit um, wiggly and waggly, I would say. <laughs> wiggly, wiggly and waggly. And I was running lower pressure than the people recommended to. Of course, I'm lighter than the average rider. They say, oh, yeah, you should really run at least 55 pounds of pressure. And I was running probably 45 front, 50 rear. Um, so I, I was definitely running pretty low pressure, and it was still pretty exciting. Low enough pressure, actually, that I, I put in my brand-new front wheel because I, I had just gotten these wheels um, delivered like on Thursday or something <laughs> or Tuesday something like that before the race uh, I put a big dent in the in the front rim <laughs> it's Dunk. it's it's okay though I, I took an adjustable wrench and file and uh, you'd barely know oh that's nice the, yeah that's that's yeah, awesome that's, that's my mechanic so anyway I, I had a lot of fun I will say there were the one um, there were these sections marked with little caution signs at times which was sort of like a sign that okay something sketchy is coming up be careful um and it would be like one of those uh kind of little rock drop-offs or uh sort of a a steep descent or or that kind of almost ball pit but made of boulders on the side of a steep hill um was kind of like you know for example uh and there was one of these that I feel like wasn't adequate. Mostly that was fine and it was helpful, and I, I didn't feel like these were t- too bad. But the way this thing finished was uh, the staging and start and finish were at this ski resort. Um, and to finish the race, what we do is you climb up a dirt road at, on the, like the back of the hill that the ski resort is on. And then you make a turn off, and you basically it basically takes you down like one of the ski trails. <laughs> and Are you I'm totally serious. And 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 to be clear, if you don't know like what a ski trail is like during the summer, you know it's it's like a field. On the, chaos. Hmm? It's chaos. Well, it's 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 a field on the side of of a mountain um, because they've you know they've cut the trees down to to make room for a ski pist. But because this field isn't maintained for like the plane of sports or something like that. It is really bumpy, like really, really bumpy, like it, 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 frighteningly bumpy. And the, and they sent us down this slope that was a very steep descent, very steep 
shoot, as it were. And I think I mentioned in a previous episode, I have kind of a fear of these. because You are uncomfortable with I'm uncomfortable with them because I've broken myself on them. Um, and it was the kind of thing where you start going down this and you realize very quickly, like, there's a caution sign. But this thing was so steep, it was, it was, there was no way you could be prepared for how bad it was. And it was long. And it's probably, I, I am not kidding, it was in excess of 30% pitch. That is It was terrifying. horrific. That would be unpleasant on a road bike. It was very unpleasant on a road bike or, you know, cross bike. It, it was, it was, uh... It's... No, but like on, on a road, I mean, that would even oh, be Oh, yeah, that would be pretty scary. Yeah, it was Tilting very, downward very that steep. Far. And, you know, not that long in the grand scheme of things, but long enough that it was like enough time to pick up some real speed. And I'm just on, and it's bouncy. Did I mention it's bouncy? So easy to get through yeah. over the handlebars. I thought that was like way past the skill level of a lot of the people they would have on this thing. It was like, I was barely able to keep it in control down that thing. Yeah, like hanging way off the back of the saddle and, you know, trying to stay on the rear brake and and just ride it out and it was whoa it was scary and that was like i was i was blown i you know i was 53 miles in i was 53.9 you know, miles into a 54 mile thing like <laughs> i was like i was not prepared for that it was it was awful so yeah i didn't i didn't enjoy that that was not i didn't like that finish very much but overall um Thumbs up. I, I came in. They, they take places. I came in something like 111th. Um, probably, I would say only though about 20 minutes slower than I would like to be in terms of like the names that I knew of, of people who are like, okay, I'd like to be about as fast as these people. <laughs> Hold on a second. What? Hold on a second. You just you just provided this like litany of bicycle terrors, and you finished it off with so you know overall thumbs up. Well. It was it was beautiful. <laughs> overall, I mean overall, like I said, I did not that descending descending what felt like a black diamond ski run on my bike. Um, I was not into that. <laughs> but overall, and, and I, I want to be clear. I like descending. I'm pretty good at it, at least in a road context. Um, and and I'm a lot. I'm less fear. I'm uh, I'm more fearless than a lot of people I know on a bike. Like I I, I just kind of go for things and and you know I have no problem riding in the pack. Blah blah blah. All all these things. Mm-hmm. But man, I that was terrifying. But no, I was it was actually otherwise mostly good. Well, and you know yes, there were times when when we were grinding up like a fifteen percent hill, and I'm in my thirty eight twenty five, and and I I just want to I just want to friggin' kill myself because it's just too much, and then we come around a corner and and it pitches up to like twenty something percent. <laughs> so you know there were moments like that, or there was somewhere around mile forty, um, I started a climb and it seemed sort of innocuous, but it's at some point there 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 was that moment when. When, uh, you know, you realize that you've been climbing for like 20 minutes and there's no end in sight and you're very sad. Yeah, that that climb, there's there's kind of two big climbs on course. There's one early on that that ultimately leads to the um, Killington uh, Mountain Stage Race KOM. Mm -hmm. And then there's this one, as it turns out, a thousand foot vertical feet of climbing. And yeah, yeah. didn't really know it was coming. It, it broke me. It, it just about it just about mentally broke me. 
I, I actually, not too far from the top, but nonetheless, like, you know, still a ways to go. I, I actually had to stop and put my foot down for just like 30 seconds because I was like, I, I, oh, I can't. I can't do it. Sometimes you gotta. Especially, yeah. Well, this was on like a long straight slog of, of a climb. It was like through like, I don't know, a field with like, there weren't sheep in it, but I'm, I'm imagining sheep in it because I don't know why, but that makes it worse. They're like watching you. <laughs> there were not sheep, but there was the, there idea, was the idea of sheep. sheep. And there's this left turn off in the distance and you're just slogging away going, you know, seven miles per hour at, you know, 60 RPM or something. And, and it's just grinding. Just grinding. That sounds and terrible. It's, and it's not really getting any closer. <laughs> this left turn. Oh, it was so bad too because I was like, I just got to get to that turn. I just got to that 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 turn. Because for some reason, I'd convinced myself that like it wouldn't be so bad once I got there. And I, we, I make the left turn. And it's like, oh, this this is not the top of the hill by any means. <sighs> yeah, I was I was a sad Greg. But I I mean, <laughs> it was but it was the kind of thing where it's like you feel good about accomplishing it. You know. Like, it was like, wow, yes. that was really hard, and I survived. And awesome. this is, like, I mean, this is, this is, I see, it sounds like it's the kind of slog where, you know, it, it, the race breaks up early. It, for maybe some of the people, it's not really a race. I think you, for many, you it's stumble not really in a with race. a group, and you just kind of, like, try and ride with the group. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, more yeah, or less. More or less. I'd say that's about, about right. I would have liked to be fa- mm-hmm. have been faster, though. That's part of, I'm sorry, I'm probably all over the place with the mic. I, I would have liked to have been um, up there a little bit. I, I was a little bit, and that's another, I guess that's another thing that's driving me like, oh, I totally will do it again. It's partly because, like, I know I can be faster, you know, which is maybe a little silly, but, but yeah. So, so it is one of these, we should move it along because I've been talking about this specific race for a long time now. Um, but I don't know, there, this is kind of this growing genre of races, isn't it? Yeah, the uh, the adventure race or the gravel race. Right. Well, where do you want to go? What are your thoughts on this? I have never done one. Mm-hmm. So I would feel a bit presumptuous to go out and launch on a an opinionated rant that is appropriate to our internet radio program. Well, well when has that ever stopped us? <laughs> enabler <laughs> that's me um sometimes i wish that the enthusiasm for gravel racing and for adventure racing translated into enthusiasm for other types of bike racing mm-hmm. and sometimes i feel that gravel racing is uh participation racing by that i mean you know the challenge is to to do it and have done it not necessarily to race bikes and excel at racing bikes mm-hmm. and that bums me out a little bit but i don't think i'm gonna get too down on the whole phenomenon in fact i think it's it it sounds pretty cool i i don't have a ton of interest in it but uh it's hard to argue with like you know your story about slogging up this sheep field or down this uh this ski slope um, and it's it's hard to argue with some of the stories that I've heard about Almanzo and other stuff out here, and really just long hard days in the saddle over cool terrain. I mean, sure, bikes are rad, yeah. right? Yeah. 
Well, I, I think so. I hear what you're saying, and and I actually largely share those feelings. Both, both. Um, I don't know your your reservations and and also kind of reluctance to. I don't know. Condemn. Gravel. Oh, we got the motorcycle club going by out here or something. And that is very loud. Oh oh. This is a thing that happens uh, out here. So, <laughs> nope. yep, hang, hang on a sec, everybody. There Just, go the last couple. Uh, this could be a while. Hang on a sec. All right. Uh, we, we can fix that in post. And by which I mean, I, I probably will. I probably will totally forget to edit that out. So you're welcome, everybody. Where was I? What was I? What was I saying? Oh yeah, and, and so um, I, I share kind of your general thoughts and and also your reluctance to therefore condemn uh, this genre of racing. I, I have to say that it's true that certainly by the point I got dropped from the group I was in um, because I just couldn't keep turning over that gear anymore. Mm-hmm. There was definitely the sense of like there was no no real sense of being in a race in, mm-hmm. in any conven- any any more than you would in like a century ride where you're trying to do a fast time right um, it, it was kind of just survival <laughs> at that point i was just in such agony and i thought a little bit about it but it was like it was like well i mean what am i going to do you know there, there's nothing i can do to quote unquote race and, and get a better result uh and, and it doesn't really matter at this point because i'm going to be back in whatever so I don't know. I, it does seem that it fills this kind of odd niche where, um, yeah, it's a race and there's placings, but you don't have to enter it to do that. And to be completely, you know, blunt, a lot of people are going to enter it and really not have any prayer of, of actually racing mm-hmm. because the front of the race is going to be gone and you know who cares after a certain point it's sort of like in a road race like you know where we if you finish mid-pack we don't tend to be like oh yeah i finished uh 35th no one cares right it doesn't matter if you finish 35th you might as well finish 25th or 45th or you know 70th you know at that point and and if you're and if the number doesn't matter then you're gonna have to say something like i made the front group or i got a top 10 or something like you're gonna have to find some way to pitch it as good because right Whereas for these, it's like, I finished it. And, you know, honestly, it's kind of that weird thing where it's designed such that, like, most people who participate in it are going to be able to finish it. Like, it's, it's, it's this weird kind of thing where, yeah, it's hard, but it's, it's not actually, uh, I don't know if there's a term of art for this, but it's, you know, it's a surmountable challenge. If that makes sense. So I think it appeals to people because they can challenge themselves. Um, it's a it's a it's a test of emotional endurance. Yeah, well, but it's a test that none that most people are nonetheless going to pass. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, and that and, and and again, that's not necessarily a criticism. Um, there's there's a good thing, you know, about being challenged by something that you nonetheless can do. Like that's good, um, but it's weird because it's not racing in in the kind of sense that the road races that we do, or crits, or 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 track racing, or cyclocross are racing where. Where, where I don't know, it's like the person who wins wins, and you know maybe there are some other good placings that that kind of matter a little bit, and uh, and otherwise it's like well you lost, 
whereas that's not how people at least who are not at the front of the race feel about it it's like if you get you know 111th in this you know you can be like well i finished this challenging thing i don't know mm-hmm. if this is making any coherent sense but it's it seems to be scratching a different sort of itch in in uh people that is an itch that people feel more comfortable with scratching than the kind of more cutthroat competitiveness of conventional bicycle racing yes and and also maybe a kind of bicycle racing that can be dabbled in yeah that's true and i, I was you know yeah. like like being a good bike racer requires like a ton of time yeah because i've seen you know i've seen people mention on like a, a board or something like recently like well you know racing is something i do occasionally to like test where my fitness is at and that seems really weird to me like i can't relate to that at all I, because it, to me, that's not a rewarding way to do conventional bicycle racing because mm-hmm. you can't just, you know, unless you really are just like training hard and occasionally entering races, but that's because you like to train hard, you know, which to me is like, as, as I mentioned in our recent episode about getting old, um, I, I don't find training in and of itself to be particularly rewarding. It's, it's what it enables. Yeah. yeah. So, so what I'm saying on that basically is that I, I don't think it's a rewarding way to do normal road racing to dip in every now and then for fun. Because because usually, if that's your attitude toward it, you're not going to be all that fast, and you're not going to have fun because <laughs> you're going to be getting dropped. So, though, I don't know, other people who aren't yeah. in or less competitive don't seem to mind that as much. Um, but I mind <laughs> it. Whereas whereas these races, I I think you know, and and it, it's like triathlons which I swear is actually not a dig against triathlons. <laughs> um, where it's a similar thing. Like participate, participation in triathlons is much, much higher. Or, or 5Ks, you know, like participation in those is much, much higher. Most people aren't competing in order to actually compete. Right, and, and we want participation in our sport, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's weird. And yet, yet a lot of people find this to be not quite our sport yeah well and i think it's kind of not in in most ways like that's not to say that it couldn't be like a new discipline or whatever you know in the same way that cyclocross is definitely not the same as road racing um mm-hmm. and and i think cyclocross does fall into a kind of a middle ground anyway where there there is more of a participation base that doesn't care about how they place than yeah. in you know road racing or or track racing or whatever you know, and, and it is because it's like, well, you know, you ride as fast as you can ride and you aren't necessarily getting dropped. Yeah. So that probably has something to do with it. But it You you can still you can still be racing kind of no matter what goes on in the race around right. you. Yeah, yeah. So there's room for that. I, I, I just don't know that I would anticipate I I don't see if if the people, so because I, I think that USA Cycling and, and um, maybe the UCI even might start to take notice of these sorts of things. Um, the way they have, the UCI has of, of Grand Fondos, like that, and now there's a Grand Fondo <laughs> National Championships, which is just like head imploding on so many levels. Oh my God. Are you I'm serious? Not, I'm I not making that. this up. This is a real thing. Isn't that just a road bicycle race? I. I, I, I think so i don't understand it. i'm confused I I, like i said i don't get it so i you know i wonder if 
are people going to look at this and think, oh, there's a path forward to increasing participation? But I, I'm not so super convinced that there is like a whole lot of crossover there. Like I know road racers go and, and cross races, whatever, and mountain bikers will go and do gravel racers, but I don't think the people who start doing gravel races are going to do have a lot of crossover. Some, Some will. will, of course. But maybe few. Yeah. I don't know. That's my thought on that. I like it. I think it's more likely. Yeah, it's more likely that, you know, people whose main discipline is like gravel races might draw from a variety of other disciplines. Yeah. And assemble them all into like, here's this one like hard, fun, long, difficult thing. Yeah. It, it is. It, to me, it's also just kind of a, it's sort of a strange um genre in the sense that it, it feels it's so it's so broad you know like yeah like one gravel race is not that much like another gravel race and it's true that in road racing there's you know courses are, are very different um and that affects who rides it too but man it doesn't seem like you've got you know we're talking about things like uh well vermont overland and dirty cans of 200 in the same kind of category and that doesn't seem like it makes much sense because the dirty kanza is you know it's it's an endurance event like as in (laughs) listen to these motorcyclists outside your window is an endurance event uh, yeah it is an endurance event this is why i closed the window (laughs) Uh, it's been worse believe me uh where you know you've got something that takes people many many like hours uh to com- like what 24 i don't know a very very long time to complete versus something that you know mm-hmm. is the winner did it in like two hours and 40 minutes mm-hmm. you know, th- these are not the same thing but they're kind of lumped under the same same banner which is is weird yeah same same with the equipment too actually we can we can probably just talk briefly about the equipment because we're actually running longer in this than i thought we would um so now there's this this whole genre of bikes that have sprung up to support this yeah um you know i like the idea of i like the idea of of drop bar bikes that can be swift on pavement but go lots of places mm-hmm. and you know maybe about five or six years we were just calling those you know cross bikes yeah. as a bike uh-huh. that you can do almost anything on yeah and you know now that's being a little bit tweaked because yeah a lot of cross bikes are made for you know slow speed nimble handling and not not like the kind of stability at higher speeds that you might expect from going down a ski slope at 35 miles an hour (laughs) um i I think it's cool i think uh i think you know sensible bikes that can do a lot of stuff is is neat and you know when it comes down to it i think a lot of gravel bikes are are basically you know fat tire road bikes or commuter oriented road bikes that have you know a little bit sportier than a dedicated touring bike but touring capable you know it's all of this like the, the suv of road bike kind of idea right and i'm i'm cool with the bike companies kind of tweaking that formula yeah so it seems like i i suppose that uh, there's not much to say because I, I mostly agree with you i i do have I do sometimes get a little bit of a a certain amount of... I, I was really put out when I first heard this, like, what, gravel race bikes, really? Because it was like I was bombing... Like I said, like, I was bombing down dirt roads on my 
you know, 23 millimeter tires in college. Like, And you wanted the kids to get off your lawn. Yeah, exactly. I want the kids to get off my lawn and, and I want them to, to turn that damn music <laughs> down and, you know, stop riding these ridiculous gravel bikes. And, you know, <laughs> but it, it, it did seem very odd because it was like, well, we've been doing this forever. And it's like, you look at, it's very funny to also look at old, old and even still current road races. Uh, you know, the Trobro Leon, like I'm not even talking about things like Strade Bianchi or, or whatever. Um, there, there's more than that on, on kind of non-paved roads, you know, forget about Haru Bay. That's sort of a different mm-hmm. category. Um, and, you know, but if you, if you go further back, you can see stages of the Giro on dirt roads and, you know, just that was pretty normal. Uh, so there's a sense of like, oh, we've always been, you know, we've just been riding road bikes on dirt all all along, and it's fine. And but you know, on the other hand, it's true that that you can do better than a traditional road bike. Like just because we've been doing it doesn't mean it's the best possible equipment for it. Yeah. Um, but it, it is weird because it's just it's just this larger thing of of slicing this slicing this pie kind of ever finer. Gravel bikes do seem to essentially be the latest iteration of the sport touring bike. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's essentially where that's gone now. And and for a while, the sport touring bikes were cyclocross bikes, and that was actually kind of not a great fit. Um, because cyclocross is, I think, of of everything, probably the purest racing discipline. Like a cyclocross cyclocross bike, arguably. I mean, this is not the case of a lot of things called cyclocross bikes, but in in principle, you know, cyclocross is, it's a race discipline. Like there's no such thing as like a cyclocross trail. Right. You know, outside going, of going for a casual cyclocross ride. Right. It's like, mm. yeah, that's not, you know, you can ride trails on a cyclocross bike, but it's, you know, still it, it yeah, it's, it's a pure race thing. So, so in a way there's also a certain amount of get off my lawn, you know, fist shaking, you know, old man yells at cloud kind of like, <laughs> at least they're not polluting the purity of my race discipline with <laughs> recreational cycles um you know which is not very <laughs> very nice either <laughs> but like maybe maybe all this stuff is just like point to point cyclocross or you know well uh, there that, that is kind of a or... thing that it's been called there's a race in um uh gosh is it in alabama or georgia called the southern cross that is basically calls itself an or at least has called itself an endurance cyclocross race and there's iron cross in pennsylvania too yeah or at least there was yeah but i don't know but i assume it's still going on right but the, yeah these are essentially you know they're gravel races yeah um, just like anything else i think i think southern cross had like it started and finished with like a little bit of like cyclocross course kind of stuff like you know tape and and whatever in corners on like a field it was kind of weird. <laughs> I I will say this. I'll I'll probably do one at some point. I I always give it a try. You've got the Almanzo 100 out there. Um, that sounds cool. Yeah. Um, you could you know do that with friend of the show uh, Andrew from um, that other cycling podcast. Uh, he'd he'd ride me off his wheel. He's just really good at bikes. He's so good at bikes. Makes me mad. I don't know. He hasn't been doing it for very long. He's a natural. Uh, it sucks. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was listening to that podcast, and it's like he's like, "Yeah, I've been riding bikes for like a couple of years. I guess I'll try racing." Oh, turns out I'm really good at it. <sighs> Basically, Jeez. whatever. Yeah. 
We don't. We don't. We don't need to take that nonsense. Whatever, bro. Whatever, bro. All right. <laughs> we worked hard for our money. We worked hard for it, honey. <laughs> now that we've devolved into uh, <laughs> calling other podcast uh, hosts names, that might be that might mean it's time to hang it up. Is that the spot? That's the spot. I think, I think that's I think that's the spot. But basically, gravel bikes are fine. Go ahead and get one if you want them. It might it, it might actually be much more comfortable for you than a road bike. And if you choose to actually do some gravel racing on it, that's cool. That's cool. I think a lot of people are going to buy gravel racing bikes and and not race on them. I don't have a problem with that. People do that with road bikes. It's it's just the next bike that also makes a good commuter, you know? Yeah, it's cool. And and it means that I can get a cross bike that doesn't have, like, rack mounts on it. So. Yeah. You know. (laughs) No, I know. Those existed already. Uh, Okay, so um, good show. Um, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, as always, if you want to write in and tell us uh, how dumb we are, um, please do so. We have an email address. It's honestbikeprogram at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter. For example, Matteo, how about how? Where where can you be reached? Ampersand underscore Matteo. Ampersand. Isn't that the? Oh no, that's no. the that's the end it's... one. I was getting my a. I was trying to be fancy about ads. I don't know. I don't know what happens if you type in an ampersand before a username. What on is the Twitter, name of the at symbol? Probably not what you want. What? It's just called the at yeah, sign. It's just the at symbol. That's dumb. <laughs> well, you know that you know that ampersand comes from and per se and. That's ridiculous. No, it's true. From reciting, oh, you know what? This is going to go on too long. Suffice to say. <laughs> It's just as dumb. It's just it became a word because people were saying it quickly. It's just too bad that the at sign is just called the at sign and doesn't have a name. Here at WHBP, we bring you truly edgy and uh, uh, just cutting edge commentary. I'm, I'm, t- I'm so tired. I, I can't even. Typographical characters. Oh, yes. The at symbol. Okay, I I can also be found at at symbol. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Rolby on Twitter. Find the podcast at at symbol <laughs> underscore whbp. Every now and then we tweet from that account. Um, and yeah, um, get in touch. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, have a good night. Night to our listeners.